Many women regard their breasts as important to their sexual attractiveness, that is important to their sense of self. Breasts also represent motherhood and the first natural bonding between a mother and infant. So when a woman hears she may be diagnosed with breast cancer, the feelings and fear can be devastating. Our episode today is about early detection and the treatments available for breast cancer. Welcome to Chit Chat and Chai with your hosts, R.C. Mala and Ritu. Hello everyone and welcome back to Chit Chat and Chai. A lot has been going on in October with all the Hindu festivals and our New Year. Again, Happy Diwali and New Year to everyone. And of course, November and uh, October had a lot of things going on with the UK, the new prime minister. What do you think about that? Rishi Sunak. I know, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's great news. There's a lot of jokes going around, so it's so funny how we support. It's like we do it with good intentions, but the jokes are like a gazillion, right, on the WhatsApp. But that's our way of showing Rishi, we love you, we support you. Exactly, exactly. And I have a good feeling. I think he's going to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's made us really proud, right? And that someone was like, all right, now the parents are going to be telling their kids, what, you're only a CEO? You know, you've got to be prime minister of a country. Because he's the youngest prime minister too. He is, he is. Yeah. Only 42. Wow, that's, yeah. that's crazy. All this um, news, I don't know if you've been listening to it, but in Iran, the women's rights um, protests going on about the hijab, yeah. the woman that was imprisoned and then found dead. Um, after being in prison. I'm glad that they're standing up to this. um, It's sad that we still have these days, but I'm glad that it's changing. Another shout out to all the women out there. And then not to forget US, we have elections coming up in USA too. Very important. Ah, Yeah, absolutely. Everybody is very important. Midterms, everyone seems to think, oh, our main election is voting for a president, but these midterms and local elections are really crucial. Um, so yes, please, everyone get out there and vote. You right. still have time. Do it, please. Yes. I was going to say, and something current is Elon Musk firing all the Twitter employees. <laughs> I not believe and that guy. I mean, <laughs> maybe the less said, the better. Just let him go with that. Exactly. I, I would be very interesting to see where Twitter goes now. As we stated in our opening, we will be talking about breast cancer and the importance for women to keep up with early detection methods. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, an annual international health campaign organized by major breast cancer charities every October to increase awareness of the disease and to raise funds for research into its cause, prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and cure. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in women with invasive breast cancer affecting one in every eight women in the United States during their lifetime. What does breasts mean to a woman? I think it's huge, don't you think? Absolutely. Remember when we were teenagers, or any teenager can relate, to the changes in their body. And for a girl, that's the first significant change that you see. And you kind of are like, all right, what are these lumps doing there? (laughs) You know, at that time, it's kind of scary. And you go to gym class and everybody's like looking at you because, and you get that first training bra and you're like, oh my God. I was so self-conscious. I was very self-conscious when I developed um, breasts, especially if you're an early developer, it's even worse. Oh yeah, exactly. Some girls, they were early and then they grew much faster and their breasts were bigger and then you kind of get made fun of or 
the boys pick on you. It, it's it's quite challenging. Then you become a woman. Yes, right. And then those are your best friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we count on those girls. <laughs> they almost you don't think about it, but sometimes the breasts can almost define you and your sexuality and your you know um, womanhood, especially when you go into motherhood. You know, you nurse your infant if you can, and some women can't nurse as such, but it's still. A huge important part of their body. But it's just funny how I never thought of breasts as being so important till we're having this discussion. And I just realized like how um, such an important role it plays in our lives. And then, yeah. And then as you get older and we always tease each other about, you know, our breasts sagging for our knees. So then it changes again <laughs> as we get older too. So, but again, it's all important stuff. You know, I mean, we laugh and joke about it, but. And I can only imagine a woman that has late stage cancer having to have a mastectomy and that's part of her body that's I, that she identifies with being removed. So it is very traumatic to go through breast cancer and that's what we're gonna discuss today. Um, we're gonna talk about disease, the treatment and the hope that early detection is something that women will take very seriously. To help us understand more about breast cancer and testing, we have with us today, Dr. Bhavna Patak Vyas. She's a breast oncologist and a mother of two nursing young boys. Thanks, Pavna, for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you chose breast oncology? Thank you so much, Ritu, and thank you for having me. So yes, I'm a breast oncologist. I work here in Memorial Care. I ultimately love taking care of patients with cancer because I think it's one of those experiences in life that is just you know, fundamentally transformative for the individual, but also for those around them. And so I always found myself drawn to specifically breast cancer. I've always had an affinity for women and the meaning and symbolism we attach to having breasts in our life. And so, you know, as a mother, as you just mentioned, I, I, I'm nursing, I, I pump, um, breastfeeding. And so it's a, it's a full-time job on top of our other jobs. And so for me, you know, being able to be with women in that journey is, is very important because, you know, breasts mean many things from femininity to the idea of maternity, sexuality to just, you know, your role. And so that specific place in a, in a woman's life, and sometimes men, uh, it's not just women, but mostly women, I found to be very special niche. So Dr. Patrick, what are the early symptoms or signs women should look for? That's a great question. So I think in general, it's very important for women to have familiarity with their breast. Like, what does your breast feel like um, as compared to someone else's might be very different. And so especially new sensations of lumpy, uh, lumpy sensation, something hard, changes in the skin, skin texture, uh, redness, new swelling, changes in uh, your nipples from inversions to discharge that wasn't there. I think it's important to just be generally aware, and especially since there are changes that can occur in your breasts throughout your lifetime, sometimes related to your cycle, you know, other times postpartum, et cetera, but you are the sort of best person to tell if there's a change in your breast. And then additionally, I think we know that after, you know, a certain age, like the age of 40, it's, it becomes um, very helpful to have, you know, the aid of mammograms to help um, detect early, early occurrences of breast cancer. So I have a question. Speaking of that, is there ever an age that you're too young to start testing yourself 
No, I, I, I mean, and, and I might be biased because I see young patients. However, you know, over the data behind, you know, specific age cutoff, it was designed through statistical studies to see who, you know, at what age group did we benefit from actually performing a screening test. However, there's always individuals that come, you know, below this age threshold. So especially if, you know, A, if you if you feel like something's off, uh, even at a young age, like somebody, somebody under 40, you know, there's so many different cutoffs for what's young, quote, old or young in medicine. So considered very young is, you know, under that age, under 30 even, but just being aware of your breast, especially if you have a family history mm-hmm. of breast cancer or any cancer, familial cancers, hereditary, only account for about five to 10% of breast cancers, actually 90%, 90 to 95% can be sporadic, meaning they just occur on their own. But especially if any any kind of history of that would make me more concerned. And certainly any known carriers of any specific gene mutations might be another uh, reason to prompt earlier testing and specific imaging, including MRIs, etc. Or if you've ever been told dense breasts, that's another thing where mm-hmm. dense breasts may work even before the age of 40, if, if you're you know concerned, a specific type of um, imaging. So Bob, in the news, we're hearing a lot about dense breast screening. Yeah. And um, I think uh, somebody also mentioned there's a different type of, um, not mammograms, but more depthful testing. Yeah. So, right. So I think there are different levels of dense breast and women can have it for various reasons. I think one thing that is, you know, we think is that it can be sometimes harder to detect breast cancer within patients who have dense breasts. So, you know, there's ongoing research on what is the best modality, meaning like imaging type to to, uh, assess this. But certainly women who do have dense breasts or end up finding out that they have dense breasts, you know, we we encourage them to be even more vigilant about the signs and symptoms of breast cancer self-exam and also in terms of presenting for screening, even, you know, even before the age of 40, for instance, with an ultrasound or special types of mammograms or even MRIs. How do we know we have dense breasts? Yeah. Um, this is typically something that, in my experience, has been detected on some a prior imaging. And so younger patients tend to have it. Sometimes people who are, uh, you know, smaller body mass tend to have it. If you're on hormone therapy, sometimes you can have it. But typically, it's it's actually designated on image as certain levels. So you can have sort of low level and then like uh, several different categories of dense breasts. So what are the typical stages of breast cancer? Staging of breast cancer really comes back to what is breast cancer and what is the biology of cancer specifically. And so to understand staging, you have to understand what cancer is. And and cancer is essentially an abnormal cell. It starts as an abnormal cell that what I like to explain is it doesn't behave like the cells around it. You know, your body's made up of trillions and trillions of cells. And, you know, one of them, for for whatever reason, decided to not follow the script of how a normal cell behaves, how a normal cell reproduces, et cetera. The lifespan of it, it, it just continues to grow at a faster rate than other cells. It doesn't die in the same timeline as normal cells. And then it kind of, it, it likes to spread to other places, which is a question I think somebody mentioned of just like, what is metastatic cancer? And we'll get to that. Um, and so in some ways, it's sort of like the angry toddler that I have at home. It's just kind of, you know, just a rascal just getting into places, growing quickly and not, you know, won't stop eating and 
and and so as a result of that, it it can occupy space comparison to the surrounding cells around it, and and in that setting, it grows into what we call a tumor. And so sometimes we have benign tumors, meaning they don't have that capacity to really like spread invasively into other tissues. Whereas you know, in a malignant tumor is is something where we are concerned about its proliferation rate and its characteristics so much that it can indeed cause tumors that are destructive. Staging by that vein goes along with. In nowadays, you know, you've heard of the stage one, two, three, four, but functionally we treat uh, breast cancers in, in, in largely two categories. One is just early stage breast cancer, meaning everything short of being widely metastatic, and that includes stage one, two, and three. Th then there's a whole another bucket called advanced cancer. And what that refers to is the fact that as I mentioned earlier, the cancer likes to spread to, to places beyond its normal home. And so one of the first places it can spread to is or are the lymph nodes. Lymph nodes, uh, what I explained to my patients is that it, it's sort of the sentinel watch guards of your body. It sort of protects your body against infections, even cancer learning nowadays. The immune system is and it's extremely important in, in protecting your body against cancer. But physically, the lymph nodes are the first places to, to capture the, the cancer cells that start to spread. And in your breast, importantly, that can exist you know, under your arms, under your underarms. So another sign and symptom of breast cancer can include a lump under your armpit, lumps around, around your clavicle, um, even, even going as far as your neck even. And so that when it goes beyond just a breast cancer tumor into these areas, we, we start to call it locally advanced. And so that's probably when you start seeing like two to three. And, and the staging itself is actually complex and it continually evolves. So I won't expect anybody to, you know, know it off the top of their head without, you know, even nowadays consulting like a, a chart where, where you look up, okay, well, what what other features does a woman have? You know, when gone beyond the locally advanced stage of the, the lymph nodes, and, and technically when a cancer spreads to a lymph node, that is when we technically call it having metastasized. The word metastasis is, it comes from a Greek origin, which means to change, to move. And, and really it, it describes the process of having the cancer cells move from its original site to a distant site. Functionally, when we describe a woman who has metastatic breast cancer, we typically are not just referring to the fact that it has gone to their lymph node, uh, which we still designate as only locally advanced, again, in sort of that local bucket, early stage still. When it's gone beyond the lymph nodes to other places in the body, such as the liver, the lungs, the brain, then we, we do categorize that as, with the number like stage four, metastatic breast cancer. And the, and the treatments for that are, are very different. The goals are, are typically very different. So my question is, what do you say to a patient who comes to your office and has maybe advanced cancer and mm -hmm. they've never done testing? What, did, what can you say to women who come to your office to prevent that from happening. Right. Of course, if anybody came to me in what we call that de novo metastatic disease, meaning coming out of nowhere, metastatic disease, some, for some women that can be the worst nightmare. You know, again, when you hear the word cancer, a lot of people start to envision the end of their life and with like dismal prognoses. First and foremost, I think I want them to have a, a frame shift in understanding that the science has evolved a lot. And so what used to be a death sentence becomes something we try to uh, try to control in terms of the disease progress. And so 
Importantly, I think a distinction to understand is no matter how advanced a cancer is, we always try to cure if, if possible, okay? And that nowadays, even in stage four, amazingly, right? In our multidisciplinary conferences, we talk about how we can make that a reality. Importantly, the nature of uh, advanced cancer is that curative intent is not always feasible, okay? So it becomes more about controlling the disease, keeping it stable, prolonging the, I guess, what we think of as a quantity of life, how many years you can have. And, and even with stage four breast cancer, many women can live years, actually. It really depends on the type of breast cancer, et cetera, but it, it's hopeful to know that there is hope out there with treatment. Now, to your question about how to prevent it, I think it's just incredibly important for women, especially South Asian women, to be more in touch with their bodies and being aware of the signs and symptoms besides the obvious breast lump of things changing in their body, such as weight loss, unexpected weight loss, unrelenting pain that's waking them up at night, really fatigue that you can't shake. Some of these are vague symptoms, but, you know, as a South Asian woman, as, as a mother, and, you know, as a daughter, sister, I, I know that especially in our community, we unfortunately may not place the same value in loving ourselves, loving our bodies, putting in those visits to go to the doctor as we might for our loved one. And, and so for, for me personally, I, I feel something like whatever it is, whatever exercise practice you you like or whatever body practice you like so things like mind body practices like yoga and meditation i think are incredibly useful for for us as a south asian community to to be able to to tap into that awareness why do you think women are scared to get the mammograms good question i think one it's that it can be very uncomfortable <laughs> Right. That's, if anybody's had a mammogram, it's like, ow. I think if a woman decided the mammogram, it may not be that uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I think there's also the unknown. Like, what are they going to find? And what does that mean? And what I want women to know is that for many early stage cancers, it's incredibly treatable and curable. And so why would you stop yourself from knowing? Another principle is that the earlier you catch something, generally the, the more treatable and curable it is. And so early detection is really, really important. What is gene testing? And should women get tested to find out if they carry the specific genes that make them more susceptible? That's a great question. It's a huge field of research because um, a few years ago, we used to think of gene testing as only, okay, well, what is my risk for hereditary breast cancer? And so there's different types of genes. So to answer the, the question up front, having a hereditary risk for breast cancer only occurs in about 5 to 10% of women. Um, typically, there are tip-offs to whether or not you should get tested, including family history of breast cancer, particularly early breast cancer, having you know male breast cancer, family members with certain other types of cancers, such as prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, brain tumor blood tumors, kind of any family history of that, um, young age of onset, you know, less than 50, all these kinds of things factor into a, a decision of whether or not oh, we should send you to get tested for hereditary gene predisposition. Nowadays, there's a movement of, you know, should we test everybody? Because as we're discovering, there are more targets for therapeutic targets. So if you, for instance, harbor a BRCA gene, which is an example of a type of breast cancer susceptibility gene that you can inherit, you know, there might be treatment options or preventative things you discuss with a doctor, including getting, you know, both your breasts removed, what we call prophylactic mastectomies, having your ovaries removed, you know, which may 
may sound scary, and, and I don't mean to scare people with that thought. The point is that there are things you can do to significantly reduce your risk of cancer developing. Now, the other part of that answer is the genes are not just the genes you carry in your eggs, your ovaries, and your sperms, you know, the hereditary. We also harbor genetic information in our cells. And so we're now discovering over the last 20 years the importance of these what we call molecular changes and signatures that your body, your own body, and your tumors, for instance, can develop. And they also really guide nowadays treatment. A few years ago, we used to just look at just a few, a handful of factors to determine treatment. Now, particularly in the setting of advanced cancers, we, we like to look at a whole panel of potential mutations, what we call the somatic genes, the genes in your body, not just your germline genes in your egg. What can we look forward to as women? Can somebody please come up with a better way to do a mammogram or technology, diagnosis, anything? I know there's always work being done in science, but what can we look forward to in the future? Future. There is a lot of hope around breast cancer. I think it's a beautiful example of how we've made so much progress as in, in the scientific community, in terms of a community of women, especially as diseases of women have, you know, often been marginalized and, you know, the survival rates are, will just show you that, you know, we made tremendous strides. Some of that comes from understanding how breast cancer develops. And so kind of to, as an educational point to highlight, you know, there's certain things we're, we're learning about what does, what can lead to breast cancer. Some of these things are uh, factors you may not be able to control, such as having no children or being born a woman or having a family history. And then with research, we're discovering other factors that, you know, you may have more control over, such as obesity can have an increased association with breast cancer risk um, due to its sort of hormonal effects of the fat tissue. Eating a lot of processed fatty foods, using extensive periods of hormonal birth control or hormone replacement therapy, lack of exercise, exposure to radiation, you know, no, no judgment aside, but the not breastfeeding, for instance. Um, not breastfeeding is one thing, but having policies in place that can support a woman who would want to breastfeed is important. And that is something that we, even in the U.S., are, are still trying to be better, you know, having policies in place for women to be able to pump at work or time to do so. Oh, sorry. One other thing, I recent studies, we, we've learned that a couple lifestyle things like alcohol intake is directly associated with breast cancer risk and recurrence risk. So, you know, in general, trying to limit that kind of substance intake, if you're other things we're learning, such as specific integrative therapies, such as yoga, meditation, relax, specific guided relaxation techniques can be very helpful, play a helpful role in treatment for things experienced during breast cancer, such as depression and anxiety, some of the treatment related side effects. So those are those are things that are hopeful that, you know, not it's not just surgery, radiation, all these things. My hope is that when you come to a, a doctor, a cancer doctor, that they they walk through it with you as a friend to understand these things in simple terms. Because after that, after the kind of the big picture things I've described, it's a, a huge field of study of many, many different types of therapies from, you know, traditional chemotherapies, which have advanced in the sense of how we're able to tolerate them. So in the 1980s, we used to think of chemotherapy as like a terrible, you know, thing where you're in the corner without any hair and just crying. And nowadays women come to me and they're like, I, it wasn't even as bad or, or it was bad, but like, oh, you know, the medicines helped. And like, it's, it's a different experience to using very targeted drugs, what we call biologic therapies, immunotherapies, activating the immune system. And so this has provided some women who, especially Especially with more aggressive types of breast cancer, such as triple negative, you know, light to to provide them more quantity of life or more quality of life, you know, depending on the circumstance. Give them hope. 
Yeah. I think and, education has helped a lot because before in the past, if you saw someone with no hair at the gym and stuff, you, you would pity that person. Now, yeah. same, like, you know, 10 years later, you see someone at the gym and you're like, you go girl, you've got this, you can, yeah. you know, we've got, we're behind you. So the attitude has changed. And I think mm -hmm. that's, so that just goes so far. Yeah, you're right. The attitude has definitely changed. It's emblematic of the disease itself. It's like, you know, a disease of women. And what do we do best? Support each other, right? We're a community. We commune around helping each other. And that's the best thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because of that, we're trying to push the boundaries of like how much therapy is necessary. Uh, half a century, a century ago, we were doing radical types of surgeries. Now we're talking about doing as minimal surgery as possible, as minimal radiation as possible, as minimal chemotherapy as possible to really preserve your quality of life and realizing that there's life after cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a survivorship mentality that you're a survivor and you're going to live your life. It's going to be okay. Thank you, Bhavna, so much for yeah. your work and Thank you. to love our breasts and take care of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Every yeah, every woman should be proud. They're small, yeah. big or dense or not. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time from your busy schedule and uh, all the best, those little boys. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, feel free to reach out if you have any questions, if any listeners have any specific questions, I'm happy to talk. And again, let's keep this a community of women that we support. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Thank you again, Pavna, for taking time from your busy schedule to talk to us and give us insight into this very important subject. We urge all women out there over the age of 40 to make sure you get your annual mammogram and all women over the age of 18 should be doing self-checks. And if anything seems abnormal, please consult with a doctor. It could save your life. So as we come to the end of this episode, we want to wish everyone a Halloween filled with good times and lots of treats. So we meet again. Remember, life is not short. Life is unpredictable. So always, always strive to stay happy. And add a little spice to your life. And join us again for a little chit chat and chat.